Welcome to another episode of the Dentology Podcast, where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry, from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice, mindset, through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Trevens. Let's jump straight into it. So welcome to our latest episode of Dentology, the business of dentistry podcast, and today we are joined by the lovely Manrina Road. Hello. Evening, Manrina. Hello, Andy. How are you? Very, very good indeed. So, Manrina is a dentist, uh, the first dentist to be in residence at Harrods and Harvey Nichols. Mm-hmm. Um, she has her Paul Symphonies course, which is Designing Smiles, which is always fully booked out and very popular. And she's the communications chair at the BAPD, of which she's a director. And she launched her DRMR medical grade skincare business fairly recently, which we'll have a chat about as well. So, how are you doing? How's your day been? I'm good. It was good it was busy but it was good 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 pleased to hear it pleased to hear it so you're very well known on the dental circuit for who you are today Mm -hmm. um we'll talk about your your instagram and and the profile you've got but what was your pathway into dentistry how did your career start right back at the beginning it's always interesting to get that story yeah so i uh, my pathway into dentistry uh, was that i wanted to become an actress so i was doing uh, maths history and theater studies a levels and that was my plan and i was at a grammar school so our headmistress was quite invested in all our careers um or our lives and she pulled me aside and told me I, I was good at science and I was good at art and did I know that I could combine the two um in a career in dentistry and at the time obviously it was the last thing on my mind um mm. I saw myself in Hollywood um uh, but I took her took her advice because we were very good girls and we did everything we were told and <laughs> and I'm still like that I love to follow rules um and break them sometimes uh, but uh, but uh, I was um at the time particularly right that that's what she said so I went to shadow um a dentist um Nav Kyra um who I now am on the board with at the BAPD and um and he was amazing he was he was cool and he was job was really interesting and I was like wow is this what what dentists are like because that's not what I had imagined and so I was so I was so impressed with everything that I saw I came back the next day I changed my A-levels to maths uh, chemistry and biology and um, and decided to apply to dental school so that's that's how that entry happened um, and then dental school was great um, I got to to perform a lot while I was there um, I was at Guy's which is now King's um, mm. And um, 25 years ago, and um, we there was Diwali shows that they, that they ran every year, and I was always a big part of those, and uh, kind of performed and, and got involved in the arts as much as I could. And then I did my vocational training year, and in that time we had a talk by I think it was by Raj Ratan. Um, and, yeah, and he came and he talked to us about, I know whether it was Raj or Ravi, it was one of the Rattan brothers, uh, back, back right. then. and you know, this was, yeah, 20 years ago. And, uh, he came and said, this amazing clinic has been built in Knightsbridge and it is, um, state of the art. You've never seen anything like it. It's a cosmetic dental spa, which of course now is, is quite, you know, it's a term that we use, mm. and, and, but, 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 but Surrender really was a pioneer and created the, the first of the kind of its kind at that time it was on mm-hmm. on the on the high street in knightsbridge opposite harvey nichols um it was he had a, a storefront 
it had heated water beds it had you know foot massages for patients um it was and it was an absolutely stunning location um and so so we heard about this clinic and, and all of our eyes kind of perked up as these vts and thought wow are there places like that that we can work how how amazing um and then very soon after that, a, a job came out in the BDJ that this clinic, Lundosler in Knightsbridge, was creating the first um, dental clinic within a designer, a luxury designer department store or, or in any department store. At that time, it was the first of its mm-hmm. kind. And he was creating this clinic in, in Harvey Nichols and he was looking for his Harvey Nichols dentists. Um, and so people would get messaging me saying, oh, did you see this advert? Harvey Nichols dentist. That's that's you, isn't it, Manrina? Like fashion <laughs> and dentistry. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's me. Like, I, this is it. Like, I've got to get this job. Um, and I was very underqualified uh, for it. I just graduated, um, but I went for it. And that's where one of my life lessons start that I always give to to people when when I'm when I'm lecturing and when I'm speaking and just say, just do it. Um, mm-hmm. Because we can be so scared. We can be so scared of rejection that we won't go for the things we really want in life. And what mm-hmm. a shame to not go for something you want because you're scared of rejection. Like there's there's no mm-hmm. chance of, of winning if you don't even And the try. worst that happened, the worst that happens is someone says no. Yeah. no that is the, the absolute is. worst that happens. The, the, happens. World doesn't, <laughs> the world doesn't collapse. Yeah. You don't die. Nothing really goes wrong. And the best that happens is your dreams come true. And you know, that 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 one move really changed my life. You know, that that back then, 23-year-old Manrina, um, 40, I'm 43 now, so exactly 20 years ago. I, 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 we didn't use email back then, so I, or very often. So I got beautiful pearlized paper. I printed out my CV. I, I put my photo in the corner and I spritzed it with perfume and sent it off. Oh, sweet move. <laughs> Like a love letter. But I was going to say, all those small touches, you know, we, we, we're laughing about it. Yeah. They they add up, don't they? The fact they that you had nice paper, the fact that difference. you put your picture, that, that little spritz, all, you know, that attention to detail. detail which, which particularly with, yeah. I was going to say, for somebody like Surinda, that, that really would have put you into a different category. That's, and it's exactly what we do in clinic now. It's everything yeah. from the way we present ourselves, the way we, we tie back our hair, the, the way our clothes are ironed and our, our shoe. You know, I wear um, mm. Gucci B trainers at work and uh, people always comment on it that you wear Gucci trainers yeah. at work. And it's like, yeah, because that, that's who we are. We, we, I've thought about every single thing mm. about my uniform and I'm presented mm. in this way. You know, everything is deliberate. Nothing is left to chance. Um, and that, that's how we, we run our clinic now, which is how mm. I was taught to run my clinic by, by Surinder back mm. in the day. And so he recognized I guess that in me at that initial process um, and I got and I was shortlisted so I turned up to, to Lindosta for this interview and it was it was a waiting room full of dentists that looked like models <laughs> it was you know like America's next model for dentists <laughs> very um, glamorous it was very glamorous like the setting was glamorous everyone had tried to look their best you know everyone wanted this job everyone thought they were Harvey Nichols next dentist and so um, Manrina can I just ask was it specifically the advert for women no, there were men there too. So, so were there men there as well? And, and he hired a man and a woman, myself oh, and, and okay. a gentleman. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, we, he hired both, um, and um, and then it was a process. So we. Um, 
uh, we had an interview with, with Sarinda and the practice manager, an, an oral interview. Then we had a written exam on cosmetic dentistry. Um, you're not taught cosmetic dentistry at university. It's something that, that I had to take time to learn uh, for the interview. I contacted my tutors from university. I found out which cosmetic dental textbooks were recommended. And I just done my final. So I was used to absorbing wow. information. I just sat there and mm. read them all um, so I could ace this exam. And, um, and then we had a new patient exam, which I did in the perfect way because I just graduated. So I knew exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Complaints of medical history, history of presenting complaint, you know, social history, like, you know, this perfect exam that I, I hadn't had time to lose my good habits by going into the NHS because mm. I I'd just come from the way I'd been taught. Um, and mm. and yeah, and they, 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 they really enjoyed the, the way I presented myself and um, and they invited me to, to, to for the job. So that was wow. awesome. So yeah, I went straight straight from university from vocational training straight into um, into Harvey Nichols um, as um, as Surinder's intern. Really, you know, I, I I told him after he hired me, I was like, you do realize I don't have the experience for this job. You asked for mm. someone far more experienced than me, um, and he said, well, you know, you've got you you've got the right vibe, you've got the right attitude, and you know, the dentistry I'm going to teach you. And to be fair, the denti sort of dentistry we were doing, um, he would have had to teach anyone because no one was doing yeah. that, that many veneer cases or, or that sort of work at that time. It was something everyone was, was flying out to the States to try and learn, but you know, but what, it wasn't common practice I suppose, yet. I suppose also the key thing on that is you had no bad habits to correct, did you? No. Yeah. And I you know, you, you were, you were a new book, you were a new book, really, a new page a that new he could, page. you know, knowledge, knowledge, mm. knowledge. All I wanted to do was impress him. I didn't care how many hours I had to work. I didn't really care why I was paid or, or not paid. Um, all I wanted to do was I was a sponge and I wanted to learn and I wanted this so bad. And I would just literally, you know, I, I just, I just, you know, listened and, and, and learned and, and didn't try and, yeah. What didn't an try amazing and, opportunity but, for you, though. But yeah, it was. And I appreciated that. And that's the thing. I think yeah, that's, but, that's. But that thing you said as well about, um, he said it was about the vibe and your attitude. Mm. And that thing about hiring people for attitude, not yeah. attitude. Oh, yeah. Because the skill bit if the person has the right attitude you can get them to the skill level oh, in most jobs just okay. just by getting that person in the right direction but you can't impact someone's positive mindset or their yeah. attitude or mm. how they interact with people those are the soft skills that are really and hard to work they're on. about part of it so yeah. it's that, that whole nonsense about turning a weakness into a strength you can, yeah you can never turn a weak you can make it less yeah. weak but if you're not yeah. that type of person, you're never going to be that type of person. It's just not just not part of your DNA. Yeah. So he obviously saw that in you with your your good communication skills. And it's interesting what you say about enjoying acting um, in, <laughs> in your younger years. That kind of crosses over. Because it's, it's Richard Branson says the number one business skill that everybody needs is to be a good communicator. Mm. And you obviously had that probably flowing through from your your acting days and that's something that most definitely isn't taught at dental school mm -hmm. and i think quite often dentists it's not natural for them because they're clinicians and technicians mm -hmm. but you obviously had that in your younger years through the acting so you probably came as a as a package quite young mm -hmm. for, for something that lots of people perhaps might take a decade or more to to learn and, and refine those skills mm -hmm. yeah I think uh, I think I was a natural performer that took me into acting. So maybe I came in with, mm -hmm. a bit with those skills when I went in, which drew, drew me to acting in in the first place. And I know we you know we might talk about about these things, communication and, and Instagram and the rest of it. But but it all leads through. It's almost um, <coughs> what not fighting what's what's in your essence. Like like the reason mm -hmm. I enjoy in, right, Instagram yeah. so much is because it picking up picking up a phone and, and talking to it um, feels very natural. To me, to be on camera feels very natural to me. Um, it's not something I struggle with or I'm nervous about. It's something I actually enjoy. So um, yeah, 
So Yorsi then went off in the direction of enjoying veneers, and I, I think I think the last time we spoke, I think we were talking upwards of eleven thousand veneers, yeah, something like that. Yeah, thirteen thousand. Yeah, thirteen thousand. Yeah. So yeah, so we because um, obviously you know at Lundosler, um we we had teeth, Harvey Nichols. Sorry, I said that's a lot of teeth. It's a lot of teeth, yeah. And I've got photos of them all, which has been great over over the last twenty years. Um, I wonder if you laid them next to each. You know, when those people say, you know, I've done veneers like halfway around the world or something. I wonder if you sort of average, if you an yeah. average veneer size, how much that would be. Yeah, because I love stats like that. You know, those weird sort of things that you think, oh yeah, yeah you might like, get from something like here here to Saint Tropez. Maybe, yeah, maybe, 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 good idea, Chris. I think I'll do that. <laughs> Find out what the yeah. <laughs> well, we know the width, so yeah. Let's see. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's fascinating. I hope you it? get to somewhere like Saint Tropez and yeah. not to somewhere like Warsaw or Birmingham. <laughs> or Coventry, somewhere really glamorous. There's nothing wrong with Birmingham, but it's not yeah. Central Pay. Yeah. Paris, Paris would be all right. You can go to Paris. Um, so yeah, veneers. So yeah, so we 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 opened in Phoenix, yeah, and then we opened in in Harrods, and so I was the first first dentist at both. And by then, you know, Sarinda trusted me and knew, and he was like, yeah, you you mm. just go and go and run Harrods, and then. Um, and then we got the, the show Ten Years Younger, and obviously back then there were there were only five TV channels, so it wasn't like now there were there were all these options. Uh, I don't think mm. there was four or five. I think Channel Five had just just come about. And um, so so Ten Years Younger used to air at eight pm every Thursday, and by Friday morning there would be two hundred new patients trying to book in for for veneers. Um, and they were only it was only Sarinda and I that did them in, in the in the clinic. Um, so it was crazy. It was mental. My my twenties were mental. Mm. You know, I just did ten to twenty veneers every single day you know i would work till midnight i would work on sundays we just couldn't work fast enough to see mm. the volume of patients that wanted these spa makeovers um, because of the tv show and the impact that it had so that's how how it really wow. all started um, and it was very much uh, like a, an internship so so i would treatment plan a case surrender would check it i would prep a case surrender would check it i would take an impression surrender would check it and then bit by bit over the years as he felt confident to leave me to it he let me you know he stopped checking um but but i was i was fortunate really in that in having that um and then also i did, I did all my education at the time over in the states because we didn't have that sort of cosmetic dental education in the UK, which now, of course, we do. We've got fabulous mm. education. We've got my course um, teaching veneers, and then there's various <laughs> occlusion courses, and um, and other other cosmetic dental dental courses out there. You should always get the guys to put up if you follow the link. Yeah, at the to, bottom to, of Mary's to tap to enrol. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> could you could you put that? Yeah, there in? we go. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah look at that. If you if you put if you point, we'll, we'll make sure it features. But, but 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 just but 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 just that as an experience, being able to go over to to America was it was it Larry Rosenthal in New York yeah. you went to yeah, so yeah. I, did, I, I did mean that that was so cutting edge at the time wasn't so, it yeah two thousand and four to two thousand and seven um, I was back <laughs> and forth then and that at the time I was involved with the BACD and it, and it was all all that lot that that were going over with me and um, and obviously they they're all a bit older than me they're about you know ten fifteen years older than me but because these things had only just come to the UK, they were only just learning them and I was just learning them. And so we all used to fly back and forth. Um, I did my, 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 the Larry Rosenthal aesthetic advantage over there. We used to mm. fly our patient over, um, over three years or all, all the levels. But then I also did occlusion studies with Dawson in Florida. Um, I did some work with, we did some work with Pascal Manier as the BACD. We all went over together, the whole board, because I was, I was on the board of the BACD at the time. Um, so yeah, lots of going back and forth to the States. 
But also right. that that whole concept of you need to do something for 10,000 hours to get expert at it, because of where you were and there was such a volume of business, yeah. you were just doing so much dentistry in, in a relatively short period of time. So much. Like, yeah, by the age of like 28 even, I could prep 10 veneers with my eyes closed <laughs> in 10 minutes. Mm. Um, because I did, that's all, you know, there was only five treatments that we offered and... Um, so we just kept repeating those those same treatments, and and every day there was ten or twenty veneers. Every even mm. now, but for, throughout my whole twenty year career, so, yeah. I think yeah. the key thing, one well, one of the key things though, is that even though you've done thirteen thousand veneers, you still are enthusiastic about doing them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You 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 haven't. You know, I've I've met you a couple of times, but you you're, you seem to be so enthusiastic about what you're delivering, either to patients or to other dentists for them to deliver to patients and I think that's a real that's a real skill because you know after 13,000 veneers and being able to prep them with your eyes closed yeah there there could easily be a tendency for you to Become lose that enthusiasm yeah, yeah. when you're you're communicating with people but I somehow feel and I, I say I'm not a dentist but I somehow feel that you the last one is is, is to you even as today, just now, before one. I came, I just I just fit a case, and um, it's because I'm aesthetically driven, so I like things that look nice. And um, I was fitting, you know, when patients come in, they'll often, you know, they'll I'll be talking to them, and I'll be getting excited <laughs> because I know what I'm about to create. Like I can see it, and you know, sometimes they'll just <laughs> be like, "You're more excited than I am," and I'll be like, "I am. <laughs> I know what's about to happen." Um, and you know, I, I I I said to a patient, to a new patient today, and I said the same to him. I was like, "I'm so excited." about getting my hands on your mouth and I genuinely am excited about getting my hands on his mouth and and he was like I'm excited I'm excited about what you're going to do and the last case I fit just before I came on today you know I literally put popped the veneers on and I stopped and looked at my own work and went wow because um mm. you know I, just, I know I knew where I was taking it I knew she'd flown in from Ireland she'd found me she knew as well that like she'd chosen me for a reason yeah. um but and then to see it and to see the change you've created, it's very, it's very rewarding. It's very, it's not the type of dentistry where people are coming in pain and you're, mm, you know, they're yeah, complaining and they're yeah. unhappy. They're coming, who doesn't, well, I don't believe there's a human being that doesn't want to look better. It's human nature yeah. for us to want to look better. Yeah. And to be able to do that for people without it being a question of, am I going to make you look better? Like at mm. this stage in my career, I can very clearly see exactly what I'm about to achieve and how I'm going to achieve it. Mm. So I feel very relaxed and confident going through the procedure. And then you get these beautiful results. So yeah, it's still it's still really exciting. It's one of the few things, isn't it, really, that you can you know that that ability to change someone's life you know their oh. confidence yeah. by giving them a, mm. a better smile than they had before and, you cry. And it's just unbelievable now she yeah. said i'm sorry i'm crying i'm crying tears of happiness you don't know how much has gone behind this i'm just so happy yeah. that we're yeah, here yeah. and they do they they cry so often in my chair but not yeah. cry outside as they literally cry because yeah. it, there's so yeah. much emotion pent up with your appearance mm. and you know improving mm. someone's appearance and especially improving their smile and giving them the ability for them to be better communicators because they're spending yeah, their life yeah. masking something that they're quite insecure about. And and mm, I, know, mm. I know this is a podcast and not all of you can see my face, but that difference between um, 
you know, not not showing your teeth to meeting people uh, with a broad smile and, yeah. and showing, and I'm smiling at these guys right now, mm. at Chris and Andy. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it's completely different. That interaction is completely yeah. different. The way you're going to perceive me is completely different. The reason you think I enjoy my job, uh, Chris, is because when I see you, I smile when I talk about my job. But I could yeah, love it just yeah, as yeah. much and be telling you about it like this, and you'd mm. probably, you know, yeah, yeah. hiding my mouth, my teeth, and you wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. have the same opinion of me. I think that's why it's always sad. We obviously speak to lots of people towards the end of their career when they're they're selling their practice, and it's it, it kind of it's sad. It breaks your heart when people have fallen out of love of de- yeah. with dentistry. Yeah. Yeah. They're just doing they're the wrong the type of dentistry. Career. That's it. They're yeah, doing, and they're doing the that's wrong thing. And, and yeah, it is, it is so life changing and transformational. Yeah, that it should be something that that people should still be in love with. On your course, man, really, is it? Um, is it a wide range of ages? Yeah. So if you've got like young yeah. thrusting associates, female and male, and then you've also got some old duffers in there, sort of like yeah. 50s who 60. have decided, as you were just saying, yes, I'm doing the wrong type of dentistry. Yeah, I've had I've had the full range. I've had 23-year-olds on my course. I've had 60-year-olds on my course. I've had people who have done aesthetic MSCs wow. on my course and still feel like they haven't had enough experience in veneers and, and then come to learn from me because... I think smile makeovers, minimally, minimally invasive smile makeovers with porcelain veneers are, I believe, are the most complex thing we do in dentistry. There are so many things that can go wrong in that process. Um, it's an elective process in a lot in a lot of situations. So it's something you really don't want to want to mess around with. Um, and and when they go wrong, it can be really very stressful um, for the clinician. And so, yeah, be, dentists do them they try not to do them because they're nervous about them they're scared of veneers falling mm. off they're scared of over prepping and causing sensitivity or de- patients needing root canal they're scared of um you know pe- getting sued and um, and so they stay away often from these sort of things but really it's because they're not taught how to do these cases at university so mm. if they yeah. just come and learn how to do it properly then you can enjoy the process and stop being scared of it so mm. yeah yeah mm. and that's life isn't it we tend to enjoy the things we're good at mm. Mm. Yeah. We enjoy those things a lot more. You talked a lot about aesthetics in the context of teeth and smiles, mm. but you're also interested in aesthetics of the whole face and how that integrates with dentistry. Yeah. So was that was that kind of behind the thinking? So you obviously created your DRMR skincare range. Mm. Was that kind of the, 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 the moving away from <laughs> just being about the teeth and more about the face? Yeah, so I think um, it's very, dentists can be very small-minded and look at single-tooth dentistry. And then you want to mm. open up their minds and tell them to start looking at quadrant dentistry, look, get them to look at full-mouth dentistry, get them to now look at the, the gums as the curtain of the smile, get them to look at the lips, get them to then look at facial proportions and and the more you can look at what's going on all around the face um the more the better treatment plan you can give and the more more uh, personalized and, and better result you will get so as i've gone deeper and deeper into my profession and and and, and created even more beautiful results um, i found that really i needed to look at the whole face um, and also maybe it's a bit of what you were saying um before chris about doing the same treatments for a long time and bringing new things in so that it's still exciting. Like, you know, we love to buy our toys and and bring those into, you know, let's buy this machine, Mm. let's start using this software. Um, Okay, let's learn a new skill um, and let's start using that. So um, so that's how I I started moving out from just, just, you know, teeth. I also do my own surgical gum lift, so I I work on the gums. And then I wanted to do, I was referring out for facial aesthetics. Um, I I, I learned facial aesthetics back in 2004, but but didn't really use it very much. I was so busy with my veneers Mm. and, and then just thought it was easy just to palm it off to to the the facial aesthetics nurse um and then at some point 
kind of started falling a bit in love with it again and and wanting to to take the control rather than going to some to someone else and saying can you can you achieve this with this patient's lips and, mm. and can you make their, mm. their smile a little less gummy for me by by, by botoxing their gummy smile I, I kind of wanted to control it myself and um, so i started mm. doing more of my own my own facial aesthetics um and then i guess as i saw myself aging um probably from from sort of 35 onwards it's about eight years ago um i got more into skincare um because i wanted to dermatology is one thing but just I don't want to use anti-aging because no one, I don't think any of us want to look 20, um, but I wanted to understand the science behind skin of keeping my own face um, where, where mm. it was. Um, and I didn't want to trust some sales assistant um, across the counter to, to, you know, to tell me what, what I should or should be using. I wanted to, it's my, my, my mind is I want to understand everything myself. So as I got more and more into skincare, um, I started working with, with Abaji. I found that they were a very well-respected brand and started working with them. And I guess whoever I start working with can see my passion for whatever I do. And, Your enthusiasm, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I got really threw myself into it. And um, they, they made me one of their clinical ambassadors and I started doing a lot of work with them. And then um, and so then, then all my patients were on full, get, got got full face treatment plans and I lecture about that a lot that you know let, let's treatment plan the whole face let's not just look at the mouth um and and we're the best people really to do that as dentists um and then um a friend of mine who is a dermatologist in the Dominican Republic um was like you know you're you're, you're making all this money for a baji um you could really you could really just launch your own skincare line um and I was like I, I had no idea about a product line you know how do you do that I wasn't mm. even a principal at that that stage I'm an associate building a brand and learned about brand you know started to learn about brand building learn a bit about you know yeah. learn a fair bit about social media um, and then she was like, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll show you. And so she did. And she introduced me to the whole, you know, step by step. And I think you meet these mentors in your life, these people who help you. It's easy to get it's easy to get to your next goal when you've got someone there who's already done it. Um, and, yeah. that, that was, you know, in my career, I had Sarinda and then, you know, I moved over to London Smile and I had Tim. And, and then with my with the skincare, I, you know, I, I had this, she was helping me. And um, and so then I then I was like, right, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to create my own and, and I'm going to create a product line. And the plan was always to create. A dental product line um, that never came to be because it, I had no idea how to do it. But skincare kind of, I had a mentor there, and then and that was lovely to to create my own line. And and I still work with Abaji. I'm still their ambassador, but mm. but my patients mm. use, use my skincare for for anti aging, um, and I do. I suppose it makes sense in a way. I, I was just thinking uh, the way you're talk, describing. I'm just thinking, yeah, it's a bit like I suppose some architect builds a brilliant house, you know, a really beautiful mm. house, and then someone fills it in with completely crap furniture. Yeah, you know, it's that it's that, it's almost that mm. sort of thing of what what if if you're going, if I'm going to give you a, a brilliant smile, yeah, then why don't I work on making the whole mm. canvas of your face suit itself? Mm. That's it. Uh, and yeah, and it's, architects, it's an interesting thought. Yeah. Architects do, don't they? The architect I've got working yeah. on my clinic, he's chosen all my furniture with me. He's chosen all my hinges and doorknobs and everything else because yeah, he's yeah. like, we're not going to now take this space and I'm let anything be imperfect. Mm. Yeah, that's right. You don't want some but other what rubbish thought, in what it. What I thought was interesting is, is when you explain the difference between anti-aging products mm. and products that are good for your skin but mm. allow you to age gracefully mm. but be the best version of yourself. Mm. I've no, never thought of that that thing about, yeah, there's a danger that you have products that almost kind of take you away from the natural you, mm -hmm. which then kind of is 
not really portraying who you are and whether you feel comfortable mm. like that as well that that's not yeah that's not who we are i think you know our patients all come from um from word of mouth or from from my instagram page and uh, word from word of mouth they they've seen the results of my clients that are walking mm. around and from instagram they see my results because i post about them every day mm. and um and it's always about very natural i never want anyone to look like they've had anything done i just want people to think <laughs> that they're, they're really good looking people yeah. like yeah just naturally really yeah. good looking you know it's never about looking like yeah you've spent a lot of money on yourself um yeah we'll we'll come on to your 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 practice that you're working on in in, in a second but before we get to that there's there's a link to the instagram that you've mentioned a couple of times because you've done an incredible job building your following building your profile and your content so you've ended up with a brand and you've effectively ended up with a channel to produce new business as an individual without needing to own a business so you can then divert those people to your practice when you open which is amazing in its own right Mm. but when did you seriously start engaging with instagram and how's it changed for you over time yeah, so I started Instagram right when Instagram launched um, about 2011. I feel like it was 2011, um, right. so a long time ago. And um, I started with a personal page, and I just used to post about whatever I was doing. Um, because again, I was saying, as I was saying earlier, it's about about who you are. I enjoy sharing mm. pictures of oh, I'm wearing this today. Oh, I cooked this today. Oh, I'm here today. <laughs> um, and whereas before, I might take a picture and then show my friends, or you know, before and then one WhatsApp came again, come came came WhatsApp to your friends and say, oh, this is what's going on, or your family. Um, this suddenly gave me an outlet to do that, and anyone was interested could could join and, and I enjoyed sharing that so for me it was a very natural thing to do um and then um some point at some point about uh six years ago um I thought let me post some of my clinical work so every 10 posts or so I would post um teeth and when I would do that, about five new patients would contact me and say, um, oh, can we book in for a consultation? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. This is before Instagram for business existed. It didn't exist six years yeah. ago. There was Instagram, but it wasn't a business channel. And um, so I was like, okay, let me let me see how this goes. And then I, I contacted um, the GDC at the time. And I was like, okay, um, I'm, I'm posting teeth on my page. I'm also posting pictures of me drinking or me on holiday. Uh, is that is there an issue here? Um, and they were like, oh, we don't really know about Instagram, um, but probably- I still don't think they do. They, they do. They, have, they now have a policy. They have a They've policy. They've got guidelines. They caught up. Um, but at the time they were like, it probably isn't a good idea, but we don't really know. Yeah. Um, so I was like, they were like, start start a dental page. I was like, okay, how boring. Um, I'm going to start a dental page. How am I, you know, I just had no passion for it but I was like fine so I started this dental page um but then really started enjoying sharing what I was doing at work and I think it's when you share like you know my personal page was fun because as I shared and people then got excited about oh you're there oh you're wearing that oh that happened oh that's you know and you feel like oh that's that's great um and then on my dental page I started posting and then people started getting excited about that like that's amazing how did you do that and I was like oh is this interesting oh great yeah sure I love love talking about it I love my job and let, let's talk. And so then the dental page built up. And now what are you laughing at? 
Yeah, <laughs> you're quite irrepressible, really. Your, uh, ed- your, ed- your energy. I, Honestly, think, uh, Chris, uh, Chris and I are sitting here. We are absolutely exhausted. I'm just thinking I'm, to myself, I'm, what time do you get to bed? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and do you talk in your sleep? <laughs> <laughs> but your, your, your energy, energy your energy is just, like, you're just like irrepressible. <laughs> I, I, I've met you, I think we, we spoke once on Clubhouse and I met you briefly at something else. And, and your enthusiasm for, <laughs> I, I can sort of imagine you, well, I'm going to make a cup of coffee. I'm making a cup of coffee. <laughs> Look at this cup of coffee. <laughs> you, you are just irrepressibly enthusiastic. I'm pretty enthusiastic. Which is a good thing. It makes me Which happy. is a good My thing. My life is happy. Yeah, quite right too. Yeah, it's brilliant. So, yeah. So, then I'm so anyway, yeah. So, you're, yeah, sorry, so, so you've got, your, your, so you've got your dental sorry, page. Yeah. Your dental page is up. You're Do- posting your content. Dr. Marina Road. So, DR Marina Road. I love it. I post every day. I, I, I enjoy, yeah, share, sharing what I'm doing. I enjoy, um, I, every Tuesday I do an Ask Dr. Marina. Um, people ask me their questions. I enjoy answering the questions. People seem to enjoy my answers. Um, and then just through doing something that I quite enjoy, um, I've managed to build this brand and, um, and and built this international brand. So now my clients, my my course delegates, my dentists who come on my courses, my my people who buy my skincare and my patients come from all over the world. So I'm not limited to to the local area it's or amazing, even to the it? UK. Um, I've got this, this massive market. I've got this lady here from Ireland today. I've got a patient flying in from New York next week. You know, it's um, it's it's the whole. I mean, what an amazing time to be a dentist. This this just wasn't available 15 years ago. You, no. you couldn't have done. No what you're doing today it just wouldn't have been possible and, it, and it's sort of and i know there is a cost because it's cost of your time but it's not costing you money no to run an advert in something or a promotion or something Great. what you're doing is is that enthusiasm for your work yeah you're translating onto instagram but also by doing that other people's it cuts ideas. through it cuts through all the bs because it, you have to be authentic when you're online people get to see you the mm. real you mm. and because you are online and you post a lot of content people sniff out if it's not real mm. and so they they get connected with the person and, and they understand who you are and what you're doing mm. and that's never been available before i mean i want to do before. a veneer course <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's only it's only for dentists unfortunately oh, damn, damn. <laughs> you can buy my skincare you can buy my skin oh thank you are you saying i'm looking old <laughs> I said it wasn't anti-aging. It's being your best you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, exactly. okay. Exactly. Being your best you. <laughs> so, so linking the Instagram to where we are in terms of your practice. <laughs> you're you're on the cusp of opening your your own and first first practice, and yeah. we. We, we met about a year ago today for a coffee yeah. and we walked around the corner and you, you pointed and you said, that that's going to be my practice. And mm-hmm. within within a very short period of time, you will be opening your, your own practice. What's that journey been like? Yeah, my super clinic. It's, um, it's yeah. been 20 years in the making. <laughs> so the, the attention to detail at, in this space is, is unbelievable. Um, every single corner you know the the doorknob the the hinges the light switch um the the way the corners have been made um have has been have been thought about um and a lot of it have been it's all been it's all been designed and a lot of it's been handmade because it's it's all bespoke it's bespoke uh, mm. furniture that that I've designed and and then had made 
um, with, 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 a, with a lot of care. Um, we haven't gone for the cheapest option in anything. We've gone for the best option in everything. Um, very much how what my, what my patients expect of me is what I've created for them. Um, and I think mm. it's the perfect home uh, for, for my brand and, and, and the home that my brand deserves. So yeah, mm. so I'm super excited about, about this next step, about this next stage. And yeah, I've been talking about it. I started talking about opening my own clinic when I was 25 and, you know, it's taken me this long um, got to, to get there. But I feel like the, the experience I've gathered um, over the years at the, the clinics that I've worked at, I'm working in, in luxury private cosmetic practice for 20 years um, has given me the knowledge that I need to now to now make these ideas in my head um, a reality. Mm. So, yeah, I'm very excited to share it with, with you guys and with everyone. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think what's lovely as well is what you said about how many years it's been in the making mm. because i think one thing that, that social media does put people under pressure for is thinking that everything has to happen now mm. and <laughs> everyone's having this amazing success that happened overnight mm. whereas what you're saying is you had this thought you know when you were 25 mm. which was a, a few years ago now and yeah. you've got to <laughs> but the thing is it takes a while to kind of develop and manifest itself mm. and, and turn into reality and i think that's a really important message for young dentists so to mm. understand that it is worth waiting and working on things because the good things do take time. Is there any yeah. such thing as an overnight success? Yeah. Is there isn't. Right? So even at 23, where I was launched into to Harvey Nicks, um, you know, it was a massively stressful environment because there was a lot of expectation on me to perform and I, I put a lot of expectation on myself to perform. Mm. And, you know, I was working. I was working seven days a week. I was working till midnight. I was just working all the time because every treatment plan had to be perfect. Every series of photos before I presented them to Sarinda had to be perfect. I didn't for one second want to disappoint him or him regret his decision in choosing me um, or the opportunity he'd given me. And so, um, yeah, you know, there was there was some insinuations um, at the time about me getting the job about because of the way I looked. And, um, and I thought, you know, even if there was an element of that to it at the time, there's no way you, I could have kept that job um, mm. Yeah, after yeah. after that without, first step. without substance it, yeah. yeah it was so high pressured and, and and it was so important to be perfect at all times working at that level um mm. and that no, nothing less than that was good enough so yeah it was it wasn't nothing none, no no part of this was easy no part of it and even now this isn't easy like you guys know how many practices have you guys sold um oh. you know. <laughs> You've got to work hard or whatever you do every day. It's so hard. It's so, it's so pushing every day, pushing. You know, I had a review with my assistant just, you know, at the end of the day today, um, her, her review. And, you know, I was just saying that. I was like, I, I know I'm pushing you, but I'm pushing myself and we're growing every day because that's what we're doing. So anyone looking even in on my life and being like, oh, yeah, she's her life's easy, living in Knightsbridge, going on these holidays, look at blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it's like, do you understand how hard I work, how hard I push? The Instagram page isn't easy. You know, it takes time and dedication. Yeah. You know, the clinic build isn't easy. It's taking so much dedication um, and, and looking after my patients and, and creating their, their perfect journey from them. The, the, the concentration and, and how much of them I give of myself to them to, mm. to give them the, the experience that they have. Um, you mm. know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's always, it's a lot. It's always pushing, pushing, pushing. Mm. Um, it's relentless. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we sort of, yeah, we, we were laughing about how enthusiastic you are, but Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset. And it basically highlights the difference between growth and, and, and fixed mindset. And you're undoubtedly a growth mindset type mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. Are you always looking 
for growth and opportunities in everything you do. Are you the sort of person that goes on holiday to a beautiful island, but are always looking for things to take inspiration from and new ideas? Do you ever do you ever truly switch off and relax, or are you always yeah, is that was, is that on button? I was going to ask when you go on holiday. Do you yeah. actually like? Yeah, I'm, ooh, yeah. I'm very good. I'm at a glass off. of wine, I'll swim in the sea, or whatever. Yeah, um, so I, I'm always looking to grow and my mind is always active and I have ideas and then I write them down and I and I just start the difference is that I just start putting them into action so when I have an idea I'm like okay I I, I people call it visualization and I didn't even know about visualization when I started doing this I have an idea and I just close my eyes and I work out okay I, this is what I want to do what are the steps I need to take to make this happen and I work out the exact process I need to find someone who does this and when I found them that I need to contact them about this and this step would be there and I have to fund it with that so to achieve that and and I, I work out the process in my head and then I just start moving through the steps. Um, and then, you know, when, when I went, went to a seminar and they were talking about visualization, I was like, oh, I do that without without even realizing. Mm. So I'm not necessarily always looking for, for opportunity or ideas, but my my brain is super active. So, um, you know, my, my nurse, again, they, my team were laughing today because I, I always do... T- I often do two or three things at once so I can write an email while listening to what my team is saying and respond to them and continue writing and my assistant was like it's just amazing Manrina like, how is your how are you doing that and I was like I didn't even know that I did it but you're right I do I'm, I'm constantly um working but but I think I'm good with that because I'm also very good at stopping so you know mm. I'm I'm working till till nine. Today we'll do this, and then I've got my BAPD meeting, and then I need to finish off some notes, and then I know that that at nine my partner's coming home, and and we're going to chill, and then that's it. My brain won't even think mm. or about anything. It won't think about work I at think all. That's so important to have that downtime. Isn't yeah, it? Where yeah. You can sort of like go, yeah, I'm done, I'm finished. Yeah, Thanks so much. I sleep There's really no well. Point. I don't worry about it. No I wake up in the morning. About it I can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I wake up, the first thing I do is think about what am I doing today. I think about the things that I'm excited about that day, and then I get up and I, and I start doing them. Um, and when I go on holiday, and I and I do like to go on holiday often, and I think it's because of that because I run at a hundred miles per hour when mm. I'm working, and then I go away and I just stop and I and I need it and mm. I and I come back and then I go again and it's like I yeah. only know how to do a hundred miles or five miles. <laughs> it's one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. to keep it in the middle. <laughs> I remember we. I remember I, I used to work for a bank, and I can remember we went on some like you know one of the money management courses that you know you would have gone on as well. And uh, I remember this guy. He said, "Yeah, what I do is I have a pad by the side of my bed, so when I wake up uh, in the middle of the night, I can write it down." And he said to me, "Do you?" I went, "No." Yeah. I said, "I don't wake up. I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. What is the matter with you, man?" Yeah. <laughs> but some people are like that, aren't they? They just they just worry or they can't switch it off. And I think it's brilliant that you're able, with the enthusiasm that yeah. we we see, to be able to go actually. Right, but also, I'm, I'm, a, I'm deflating but, but myself I think to achieve yeah. those things and to run at 100 mile an hour and have that that energy. You need sleep, and, mm. and sleep's yeah. a really underrated thing. Oh, I yeah, love we sleeping. We do it every night. But, but people don't <laughs> attach the, the, the importance to it. Yeah. Because if you get really good sleep, yeah. you wake up refreshed. You're more creative. Yeah. You, you, you've got more energy. Mm. And I think we just take it for granted. But actually getting a good night's sleep oh, is, is so important. And that thing about holidays, the amount of people you hear say, oh, I need a, I need a holiday to, to recover. Yeah. Well, perhaps mm. take holidays more frequently. Yeah. Not necessarily, you know, it doesn't have to be anything exotic. No. Before, you, got before, to the knees, before yeah. you get to the point where you're knackered. Yeah. Because then you, that'll make you better in some I schedule them in. Like, I always know when I've taken one, I've got the next one booked. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. I know I'm, I'm running till this point and then I'm going to stop running and I'm going to stop. And so they're always, every few months, there's another one, another one. Yeah. 
Yeah. We have quite a lot of um, younger dentists listen to the podcast. Your career has moved as, as as I would expect because you are nonstop at 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. What, what would your advice be to students or younger dentists just entering the profession now mm-hmm. in terms of tips for them based on your experience? Yeah, so I think um, I think that whole thing I was saying about essence earlier is really important. And I often say this to, to, to young dentists that, you know, people can get really disillusioned with our profession. Um, and the reason for that is because um, we're always chasing this carrot. So, you know, we're just constantly rushing. If you're, uh, even for myself, I book really long appointments and um, I don't ever want my, my patients to feel rushed. But equally, because they are coming and they're expecting a level of service, they don't want to lie on my chair for two hours for, for a single filling. Like, you know, if I can get that done in, a, in an hour for them by working really effectively, then I'm providing a better service for them. Um, and so so you're constantly kind of time pressured to, to get that patient in and out of that 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 lie that lying down position as soon as possible. Um, and also while you are working, there's zero margin for error. You know, you can go a millimeter wrong one way and enter the pulp and, and kill a tooth. Um, you can go a centimeter wrong that way and, and cut someone's lip open and, and then you've got litigation case in front of you. So um, so it's, it's a very high pressured job with very little room for error. Um, and um, and so and so, you know, people can get can get disillusioned and they can get quite stressed and and you know if god forbid then complaints come in and then you know it really can become become very stressful um so what i say to to dentists young dentists is to look inside them and try and work out what it is that they enjoy and if they enjoy for example gardening then maybe they want to look at a, a career in periodontics um if they enjoy uh, screwing you know making technique you know, little Meccano kits. Uh, maybe they want, want to look at being, being an implantologist. Um, if they enjoy um, making things beautiful, uh, you know, maybe they want to look, look at doing more cosmetic work. Um, and if they enjoy very technical little, un, you know, undoing tangled up necklaces, maybe they want to look at endodontics. And so within dentistry, there's so many different avenues mm. that you can take. Um, and for most of us, if you limit your practice to, to one type of treatment, it, be- it becomes really quite stressful free like for myself now with 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 veneers or with cosmetic work it's it's easy like i look at someone i know exactly what i need to do i know exactly what mm. how we're going to get there i know what could potentially go wrong and what what can't how long it's going to take i know everything um and and so there's no stress involved in it it's just a matter of telling the patient and, and going through through the journey and you get there much much quick much more quickly once you once you choose your your speciality um so so for some people, they, jack of all trades is good, and, and general practice is definitely going to going to going to suit certain people that need that. And for others, it's not. And then maybe you you need to specialize. So don't. I think people need to realize it's not just NHS practice or general practice and doing everything. There's a lot of opportunity out there, and you can just really take the time to learn the, to do the type of dentistry you want to do. Um, and also, um, if you can learn to do dentistry well and not try and run before you can walk then your career can be less stressful as well so if they're very young and they're just out of university and they're seeing these cases on instagram and they're like i'm gonna do a full mouth rehabilitation because i can do it you know then at some point it's gonna it's gonna go wrong and you're gonna have a lot of stress and you're not gonna enjoy your career as much but if you can just gently you know, don't watch a video on YouTube and think you know how to do something. Go on the courses, bring it into practice, take on a mentor, someone who you can ask. Don't be scared to ask. Us as more experienced dentists, 
are so happy to help. People helped me in my career. I want to help people mm. as they come up in their career. You know, we all want to help each other. Uh, don't You don't need to know everything or pretend you know everything. Come in with humility, ask the questions, and then slowly just build up your skill set. And as you feel comfortable, you know, you will. You will progress in your career. You don't need it all today. It's going to take five. Mm. It's going to take 10 years to get there, but you'll get there. So... Yeah. I think that, those are. I think that's yeah. I think that message of slowing down. I think that's really powerful. Mm. I think and the really collaborative powerful. thing. That's. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Out of a lot of the people, the dentists, especially that we've spoken to, um, they're all into collaborative. Yeah. You know, uh, ask, ask us questions. Mm. Let us teach you. Let us help you, rather than let you fail on your own. Yeah. I think it's 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 massively rewarding and, yeah. and encouraging actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we started, we, we, we said we had a lot of content to get through, and I think we've skimmed through most of it. We, we haven't dug anything like as deep, but as, as we were saying, this is probably going to turn into a Netflix series at some point, so <laughs> that, that'll be fine. We can cover it out in future episodes. Yeah. But we, we always finish up with the same two questions for our guests, and, okay. and, and the first one is, if you could be the fly on a wall in a situation, is there a situation you'd love to, love to eavesdrop in on and just have a look and see what's going on? Okay, so um, I guess looking at recent uh, events, um, I've just I've just been I was just shortlisted um, for Dentist of the Year um, a few days ago, and congratulations, uh, thank you, and that was so hugely exciting for me because I haven't done achieved anything like that in my career before like dentist of the year like you know i'm in dentistry top 50 you know that last few years i'm this that and the other and that's all great and that is great and i'm really proud of that but dentist of the year feels like a really big one and um and i know that with my with my application that they had with which outlined everything that i'd done be done in my career and what brought me to the stage um you know i've done i've done quite a lot like i've really pushed and tried to do things to help our profession and um and i know they've got a great panel of judges and i guess i would have really liked um to be a fly on the wall at that judging session i don't know if i've won or not um but just to see what their opinion was i feel so proud of what i've done up until now in my career and i wonder mm. how they perceived my my application when they saw it like what they thought mm. when they read it and whether they thought wow she has done a lot or whether they thought oh okay well they probably thought something because they shortlisted me but i think yeah, yeah, yeah. i would have <laughs> I would have liked. I would have liked to 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 hear what. Oh. I don't know why. I just would have liked to hear what no. you had to say about it. Yeah. But also, because you're the sort of person that always wants to improve and get better, yeah. I imagine you probably like someone to critique where you're at now yeah. because that will give you insights in terms of where where you can improve. Feedback, yeah. positive or negative. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And then our last question is: Who would you like to meet if you could meet somebody? Who would you like to sit down and have a, a glass of wine or a, a meal with? Dead. Oh. They could be dead. They could be fictional. Okay. Oh. Okay. I think. Well, the first person that came to mind um, was Margaret Thatcher. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I think she's really cool. <laughs> and I think yeah. it'd be cool to like sit down and have a bottle of wine with her, not just a glass, and, and just have a really good... I'd love to get into her mindset and work out who she is and... Yeah, mm. I think that would be that would be cool. I'd I'd really enjoy and that. I, there's no doubt. I think in terms of powerful 
women. Yeah. I think she set a yeah. new agenda and for transformational. how yeah. yeah for how women are perceived on the global UK, stage. Yeah. Amazing. Sure. Yeah, I think she she really did change. And regardless of the politics thing, just yeah. the way she positioned herself. Yeah. yeah um, I think it, it was a real. She pushed the door open for an awful lot of women. Yeah. Um, which was which was amazing. And I'm trying to do the same thing. I want to do where I can yeah. to try and help women in dentistry and help you know make create pathways for them. So yeah, but this you know on a much much smaller scale, not the same thing, but. You know, I, I think that's probably why I look up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, well, Manrita, you've been an absolute star. It's always fun talking yeah, to you. I, so I love much. our conversations. It's been, it's been brilliant. I know you need to nip off because you've got another meeting before you can truly relax this evening. So uh-huh. thank you very much indeed. <laughs> yeah, we really you. enjoy uh, talking to you. It's been, it's been great fun and hopefully we'll catch up soon. Yes. Yeah, thanks, Manrita. Thanks, guys. I always enjoy talking to Marina Rhodes. <laughs> she has so much energy and zest for life and her passion for dentistry is it's, it's off the charts. Yeah. Her enthusiasm is stunning, isn't it, really? You yeah. almost feel like you could, like, you know, all this electricity things, you can, like, plug two cables into her yeah. and run your house off her. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's but, just irrepressible. But, but also the thing that I, I loved about it is she's moving incredibly quickly. She does so much stuff. You know, 13,000 veneers, of course. But then her message to younger dentists was go slow, take your time, mm. learn your craft, which is what she's done. Mm. Uh, but she's just done it with energy and enthusiasm. And that, I think, is a really powerful message for, for young dentists. The, th- the thing, I, I, it's funny, isn't it? You know, we, we do it with the, the things, that, things that we do. But I love the fact of, you know, she just, just really done VT. Then she got some really nice paper and she put a bit of perfume on it. Yeah. And then it's it's that little thing, isn't it, that made her stand out about all those other people. And that's that's something that probably wasn't taught to her. That's no. something that's part of her. Yeah. And I just think things like that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dentology, where we discuss the business of dentistry. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe where you found this episode. That would be amazing. And also follow us on Instagram. She's thought about the curves on the corners Mm. and the doorway and um, the badge that she's got Mm. on the practice, everything, those small attentions to detail. Definitely. It was right at the beginning of her career with that letter and it's still flowing Mm. through now to how she's going to be creating the, the practice of her dreams. Yeah. No, so it was a, it was a, we covered a lot of ground. Oh, but a huge amount. The thing is with Marina, you can, because she's she, she moves at a pace. <laughs> she just keeps going. You have to hang on, don't you? Because she, she moves quite quickly. It was a, it was a really enjoyable conversation. No, it was a brilliant conversation. Yeah, it was great. It was great fun.